Yo, wow, it is an AW Full Gear post show with two Dynamite dudes on a rampage. This week, we talk all the unfoldings of what was a very memorable pay-per-view by All Elite Wrestling, including the crowning of Adam Hangman Page as your face of AEW with that world title match. Plus, MJF shows he can wrestle very well, and same with Darby Allin, Eddie Kingston, and CM Punk go battle for the ages, and we have Brian Danielson as the number one contender for the belt. All that, and so, so much more. We're doing cowboy shit this week on two, two who? Oh, two dynamite dudes on a rampage. Giddy on up! page we're doing some cowboy shit today because it is aw full gear post show special morning and what a morning it is marcus having my cowboy coffee here right here at starbucks and i marcus, don't know i don't know if starbucks is what cowboys were drinking dumb you don't think so not on the range i'm gonna say no what about Probably anxious, anxious millennial cowboys hmm? uh sure you know, okay. what's funny is as a shoot i did not know that dominic was going to be wearing this hat just now i was like looking at my notes and i look up for his <laughs> intro and he's wearing this dumb hat <laughs> it was perfect it was perfect mm-hmm. Marcus, his face was turned and i knew i knew he wasn't watching so. just absurd but you guys are watching we're live for this morning discussion of post full gear and what an evening it was my goodness marcus Though was a degenerate, true to form, and was not able to watch a show. But I when's the last time I watched one of these pay per views, Dom? It's never happened. Yeah, actually, that's a good point. You have never watched, and yeah, I mean, the past. Actually, two, I, I watched time. one. Kev Kellum hooked me up the one time, but oh, but, which but one was that? It. I don't recall. Might have been the last full gear. Okay, hey Mark, we got to stand up real quick. Show the shirts that we got on. A little synergy happening. <clears throat> oh shit. <laughs> Cowboy shit. All right. Uh, yeah. Let me tell you, Dom, uh, everything I've been hearing about this, uh, it sounds like it was an incredible, incredible match um, on a card full of incredible matches. But uh, let's just jump right into it, man. Um, yeah. yeah. So we have a new AEW World Heavyweight Champion. And uh, I got to say, man, it's it's it was the right move. Unquestionably the right move. You know, uh, I heard the comparisons uh, somebody had said online. Uh, I hope that Hangman shows up with a tan uh, because infamously uh, it was like Sting didn't show up uh, with enough of a tan is like this, the silly story, uh, which is which is like all just bullshit. But uh, the, the the funny story is that Sting didn't show up at uh, Starcade 97 with enough of a tan, which is why they did like the weird finish for that. Um, and so uh, somebody said that and it's like it, that is like an appropriate comparison. You know, like this is kind of like, like as weird as it is comparing Hangman Page to uh, Sting, 
it's appropriate because he's gone for a while. Um, he was getting super over, comes back in. And then all of a sudden, you know, he's uh, placed in this world title picture against somebody who everybody wants to see him beat. And so it's like the only way to fumble this is the way that WCW did at Starcade 97. And uh, they did not fumble it. They they pulled the trigger, so to speak. And it's it, it worked out great. It did work out great, Mark. It was a main event. It was a really, really rock solid main event where these guys uh, conveyed the story that they had and then like added on to it at the end with the angle at the end. Um, but um, it was good to, I mean, like it just, the crowd was electric for Hangman. They wanted Hangman to win. And like the expectations were there for Hangman to win. And he won. And this kind of shows to why, even in wrestling, if things are predictable, it's not a bad thing. It's not a bad thing at all. Like it's just a matter of taking those people on that ride and on that story. Because there's a lot of these matches that if you went down the card, you could look at and be like, okay, this person's going to win. That person's going to win. This person's going to win. But Ultimately, this was a great pay-per-view, and um, I think it, it – now, I could be a touch biased because I was at All Out, so I, I think All Out was of the best pay-per-view, like, of the year, of across the board. Like, that's including WWE stuff and whatever. But, I mean, um, this really rivaled it, at the very least. And uh, many will make an argument that this was the best pay-per-view, and I couldn't, I couldn't really debate too much on that. You know, except for some simple facts, like a Punk debut or Punk's debut return back and Brian Danielson debuting. This had both those guys there in both really, really good matches. And both both in matches, you yes. know. So a debut is one thing. Having an actual uh, high-quality match is quite another thing. Exactly. Um, so, yeah, Dom, it's it's exciting. This is a really cool... Is a really cool thing in wrestling where it's you know uh, you can consider Hangman Page a homegrown talent. So is Kenny Omega, but it's it's cool seeing these homegrown talents uh, get this opportunity. You know, it, it feels like it feels like a mulligan on WCW and some of the things that were maybe problematic. You know, where where you're kind of taking established stars and continuing to push them, and you know, like the, the huge superstars such as uh, such a like further down the card, such as Chris Jericho. And uh, Eddie Guerrero at the time, rest in peace. Uh, was yesterday yeah. marked marked. Uh, what was it? To him, uh, the 16th anniversary of his yes, death. 16 years ago that he had passed away. So rest in peace, Eddie Guerrero. But uh, it's it, you know they weren't really pushing some of their their uh, huge stars and talented people that were a little further down the card. And now it, it kind of feels like we're getting a mulligan on it. And uh, it's 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 just a really cool thing to watch. And uh, yeah, I'm excited to see what kind of a run Hangman Page has. Um, Dominic Herman, thanks for joining us. He says, as a Kenny Omega, as a Kenny Omega fan, I think it was fitting for Hangman to win. I just hope Tony Khan won't drop the belt too soon. Um, yeah, that's that's my hope as well. You know, it's uh, I think that establishing long term champions as he has been, you know, it's they do call it the most protected belt in the business, which is funny because it, it tells you how much the business has changed. You know, back in the day, it was Bruno San Martino would hold the belt for what like seven years or whatever. It was like eight and a half, eight years, <laughs> seven and a half. And then right. you go for another four year run after that. So now it's like if you hold the belt for eight months, it's like holy shit, what yeah, a run! A long time. <laughs> yeah, um, but no, it's it's it, that's it's just funny how wrestling has changed in that way. But uh, I, I think he's going to get a nice run. So uh, it looks like uh, Dom, this is a good transition. Uh, well, let's his... not transition quite yet because I do want to talk about that. But Marcus, are you aware of the angle that did happen at the end of the show? Well, at uh, the end I... of the match itself. I am not. Fill me okay, in. Okay, so the Young Bucks came out earlier in the evening. Hangman confronted the Young Bucks and was like, 
He's like, listen, I want to apologize. He's like, I was not a good friend. I did some, you know, questionable things. And he's like, um, and I screwed up your title match. And he's like, but if I'm not mistaken, you screwed up one of mine. So at this point, I consider us even. He's like, but if you, either of you both, like, interfere with this match tonight, I will come after you. He's like, and there will be vengeance to pay kind of thing. And so, uh, sure enough, near the end of the match, who comes out but the Young Bucks. And uh, they're at ringside. They're getting booed, obviously. You think there might be some chicanery going down. Uh, Hangman and Omega are going back and forth, trading finishing moves, all that kind of thing. And then, um, hey, uh, Hangman hits uh, a buckshot lariat to the back of Kenny. And then he gets on the other side and is sizing him up to hit another one. And he's on the same side as the Young Bucks are. And he's like looking at both Nick and Matt. He looks at Nick and Nick is just staring at him. He's like, gives him a nod. And Hangman leaps over, gives him the buckshot and gets the one, two, three. That's how the match ends. So a little dissension perhaps in the elite ranks. Uh, where would you, I know I just threw this on you, but where would you want to see this kind of thing going? I want to see it go away. I think that uh, that what we've been seeing out of the Young Bucks and the Elite is good stuff. And I don't like to mess with that, I think, is a, is a mistake. Um, yeah, you know, especially to reposition the Young Bucks in, in a borderline babyface role. It, it doesn't work. Uh, it, it hasn't worked for them uh, it, to be babyfaces. I think that they're just naturally peels. So I'm not crazy about that idea. Um uh, but I don't know, you know, it's Tony Khan so far has taken us on a pretty nice journey. So, uh, I think that we can, we can trust him. Oh yeah. Like, um, I'm a, I'm a little intrigued by it. Cause you kind of look at the landscape of AEW. They have a lot of talent. Like we talk about every week, which means a lot more room for more tag teams and heel tag teams. So if there's an opportunity to do that, yeah, I, I don't think it's necessarily a, a bad move. I, I will say like, yeah, they've been great on the heel run, and I don't want to see that cut too short now. But you have a guy like Adam Cole who can play a mean-ass heel and a great heel too. Or what does that mean? Because like he's he was aligning with Bobby Fish on Wednesday night and uh, kind of making hay in the Young Bucks toss shade at Bobby and stuff like that during that segment. So it's like there's a lot of stuff like kind of getting a little sticky here. Where does Kenny Omega lay in that landscape of things too? Um, I got to say, a uh, uh, Adam Cole, Bobby Fish tag team sounds interesting to me. Yeah, it does sound very interesting. And then kind of puts Cole on more of a trajectory of less of a, it, a part of a faction and more of maybe an alliance with an old friend. And then you kind of get him more on a solo track, too. I don't Yeah, like like pick your friends kind of a storyline, you know, which who's your friend? Um, you know, you make the choice because they can't coexist. Mm hmm. Mm hmm. So I think it's something to uh, – it's definitely an interesting part. Let's see how the execution goes and, um, yeah, where that all lays out. Um, so, yeah, Marcus, did you want to go into the next match there? You were Well, yeah, I'm, you know, it's uh, – we where I was leaving off was, was on, uh, you know, Hangman Page and, and hopefully uh, an extended run, uh, which brings us to his next opponent, Dominic, which yes. is – uh, none other than Brian Danielson. So uh, Brian Danielson goes over against um, Miro, who uh, you know started off looking like this unstoppable force in wrestling, uh, and now he's taking a couple L's. Uh, I, I don't necessarily think it hurts him, but 
Um, it's not where I wanted to see him positioned, uh, but you know, it is what it is. Dom, uh, what do you think of babyface versus babyface here coming up in a uh, World Heavyweight Championship match? I think it's going to tell a really great story because Hangman just just won the title, and he's just going to be established as like the new uh face of the company for lack of a better phrase and um so him going up against a big time baby face and like a notable and huge star in daniel brian brian danielson um makes it all the more intriguing that um you know hey these guys daniel brian made clear since he came into AEW that he's here to fight and here to win titles he made that clear last night too in the post press conference scrums uh, that that took place after the after the show, and um, he really laid into like, hey, I don't, I'm here to you know win and prove everybody that I'm the best. I'm not here to make mentor or make friends or anything like that. He's like, I'm here to prove I'm the best at it, and so uh, really setting it up and everything like that. Uh, Danielson getting a, a rock solid like hard fought like really good win against Miro. Like we can I can delve into the details a little bit about the match here in a second, but um, them going. Uh, for them, they're really setting up the table for like established vet and star going up against a new star and uh, a, your new champion. And I think a really great story, even though it might feel predictable or something, is Hangman gives Danielson his first loss in AEW. And, um, you know, that's also, I think, a money kind of thing to handle because we've seen it in WWE, especially. Brian Danielson is Teflon, so he can do, he can lose, he can, you know, things can happen, and he's A-OK, he's crystal clear, and him losing against your top star in Hangman is not a not a bad thing at all, and it actually probably accentuates both. So, um, any thoughts before I talk about the match, too? No, please get into the match, and I can, I'll make some comments following that. Okay, so the match was awesome, um, and I think it really played into the fact how well out this card was laid like throughout the the whole evening because this was i I believe the third match on the card but it had a different feel had a different pace and um had two obviously two different talents in it um uh two established veterans that know what they're doing in the ring too not only that so uh it was very well paced and well executed told the story like miro came out and i made a note he didn't he didn't have a crucifix on his neck he didn't have a wedding ring on his neck, and that's something different. That uh, so, what does that mean? What what is that foreshadowing exactly? And especially after the loss, and so, uh, but he comes out, and the story is Marcus. They made reference to he made reference to like his his neck being an issue, and like you know, what was it like a like a on a stacked on a pile of sand or how what, what was it? He's, uh, had the the phrase that he had used was uh, God. Bless me with a body of granite and a neck of sand. Neck of sand, exactly. So uh, that's how he lost. He got tornado DDT'd from the top of the rope, and then Brian got him in a front face lock guillotine, and like it, Miro was out, and that was the end of the match. So it was a really, really good finish. And Miro, like a neat aspect of that is you were. I really thought Danielson was in peril. Like he put, he got Danielson in the the game over. And like, yeah, I felt, I was like, oh my God, what if he does tap out? Like they had me on the edge of my seat thinking that. And then not only that, after, after Brian does escape with a rope break, uh, Miro implores him to kick him and hit him. 
And so Danielson is laying it all in on him. And then all that Miro does is give him one shot, whether it's a punch, an elbow, or a kick, and Danielson's down. Like, And he keeps telling Danielson to get up. And Danielson does it again. Miro knocks him down one hit again. This happens like three times. And then they go to the uh, climax of the finish here, and, and that's what happens. So it was a – it's definitely – in between my who oh man, I have three favorite matches in this show, and that's one of them. So uh, it was really good, Marcus. I even Facebook messaged you like when uh, Jay Lethal showed up, who, which we'll talk about later. Um, I was like, you would really like this card. <laughs> so it, and this was one of them you would really like. So dang, well, yeah, it's uh, you know two of my favorite competitors from today uh, working against one another, and you know honestly, it's uh, uh, when it comes to a guy that's got Miro's size uh ordinarily you know it doesn't really translate to being like a good technical worker but he is um mm -hmm. so it's I can only begin to imagine what a strong performance the two of them would have put on right no it was yeah you had been very impressed I mean and yeah I don't think Miro loses a beat I think this adds another layer to him he loses again he doesn't please or like uh honor his wife and his god get out the door, buddy, <laughs> you know, that kind of thing. So it's yeah. like, what's going to happen next with him? Um, and heck, I think we're closer to seeing Lana appear in AEW than, than not. That would be cool. I hope so. Um, I think that he needs uh, something like that. Give him a little edge, give him a little advantage with, uh, you know, having a manager on the outside. Uh, so yeah, it's, it's, it's a fun, fun time going on over there. Dom, something else that's fun. Well, uh, before we break oh. away, I, there's a, um, Jesse here ha makes a good point, and I want to get your take on this. I think the Bucks and Adam Cole will stay heels, but will split off from Omega. Now, Marcus, I know you said you weren't a like at this moment. You're you're not an advocate for this story potentially, <laughs> but if either one of these folks had to turn babyface and the other stayed heel, how would you want that set up? What what do you think would be the best uh, course of action going forward with that? I think they all need to remain heels. Uh, you know, I, I guess the only the only real solution I could see there, um, or the only per, you know party involved that, that I could see maybe turning babyface would be Adam Cole alongside Bobby Fish. Um, okay. Especially because he is so over with the fans too. Mm -hmm. um, so I think that that's a reasonable way to go. But the Bucks and Omega, I think, need to remain heels. In my opinion, I, I think I think they both showed strength in the in those roles. I think you that's a great point. And you know what? It creates a great reason, too, because who's the newest guy in the mix is Adam Cole. When did did this start happening? You know, like when did this dissension start? Hey, you bring out it. That's could be Kenny Omega's perspective. So they go after Adam Cole and Bobby Fish and boom. Yeah, you got some new hot baby faces in the mix. New people to feud with the Young Bucks and Kenny. I think it makes a lot of sense. I think that's a great thing. Right. Kenny. So Kenny can say like, Hey, you know, the things started changing for us when you showed up, you know, mm -hmm. you're the, you're the common denominator. So, you know, you're out or whatever out, the storyline is. Yeah. No more. Uh, super click. What I, what I was just going to bring up Dom was, you know, uh, the, the, some stars were out in, yes. uh, in AEW. Um, let's start with one that was in the crowd. Dom uh, Baron Von Raschke was there. Mm -hmm. It was really cool to see. Because, like, I was, you know, uh, obviously AWA is before our time, but um, knowing who Baron Von Raschke was and what he was to the Minneapolis and greater North area there, 
um, was really awesome that they pay homage to these guys, like, and give them these opportunities. And not only that, but include them in on the, on the show. And that's what happened. And I guess we, we can segue into this uh, part of the card where was the uh, America top team versus the inner circle. Um, but yes, so Von Raschke did get involved. It was in a really great way. It happened too, because uh, Ethan Page, um, he gave an ego's edge to, I believe it was Ortiz. And then he turned to the ringside where Jake Hager's wife and Baron Von Raschke were. And he's like, he calls out uh, Hager's wife. And then Rashke gives him the iron claw, and it uh, he and the, you you could tell Rashke's such a smart guy for the business, such a vet because he played it, he milked it a little bit, and then he gave him the iron claw. It was really good stuff. So um, this match I liked, and you know it's got that you know bells and whistles kind of thing with that you know with the stadium stampede had, and you know certain things like that that the inner circle have been involved in, but you know it was. I enjoyed it because um, simply for one of the reasons was Junior Dos Santos was really enjoying it and and being in wrestling. And it, he was good, man. Like, he was so happy. And that was one of the best parts about the match is, like, he got in there and he – what was the move he gave? I th- oh, I think he gave, like, Jericho – yes, he gave Jericho, like, a standing – almost like a bulldog power slam. And, like, he got up and he was fucking – beaming like he was loving life and then he gave jericho like a really good vertical suplex and again loving it just like taking it all in and so um there was some like missed stuff but i think in a way it kind of added to the match itself because what was so funny marcus is so jericho knocks dan lambert down okay and it's clearly setting up for the lion's salt but the the spot that's supposed to happen is Jericho's supposed to leap onto the ropes, and as he's there about to give the lion salt, Junior Dos Santos is st- is supposed to strike him, like hit him. <laughs> so Jericho knocks down Dan Lambert. He leaps over, but Dos Santos isn't there, and Jericho's just like Junior, Junior, <laughs> and like <laughs> calling him up. And so Jericho like holds onto the rope for just like a couple extra seconds. And Joe Santos gets up and hits him. Like oh, it's no. clearly like a missed spot. But oh, no. I thought it <laughs> I thought it was one of the best parts of the match. Match because it was just like, okay, this guy's new. He's obviously trying, he's loving being here and stuff like that. And, but Jericho, the vet that he is, is like, come on. Get <laughs> so that just makes him look ridiculous. I thought it was so funny, though. And oh, I liked it. Geez. And I think it, in a way, for me, I don't know. People are going to be like, oh, that's true. I liked it. I liked how it, uh, it just speaks to pro wrestling, I think, in a lot of ways. And uh, I'm all right. It's, I mean, it's the business. Uh, it is funny, him like that you hear him yelling at Junior Dos Santos. <laughs> Come on, because like he's not gonna give Dan Lambert a lion salt if Lambert doesn't know how to take it, or there could be an issue going there. Right. So something has to, you know, something has to be done. <laughs> There's only so many ways you can go too. Like, does Jericho make it look like he hit the ropes wrong and falls down? That falls makes him down. look like an idiot. Yeah. Yeah. Um, uh-huh. So yeah, it's. I mean, the, the only real way. Situation. The only real way to get out of it is you either hit the guy who's unprepared with a lion salt, or you uh, you hold on and wait for the guy to punch you. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Nesha, what's up? Thanks for joining us. Yeah, but it's a it's a morning one. We usually do these in the evening, so it's this is a departure from our usual shtick. 
Um, yeah, uh, I, I heard that the match was was pretty good overall. Um, some people had said uh, in the reviews I was reading that it may have been like uh, one of the weaker matches of the night, but uh, still the, the entertainment value is there. Well, look, um, if they're going from like, you know, I could see maybe how they say that too. Um, because yeah, this was a strong card overall. And like the, the matches that were good were really, really good. And, um, this was just a different kind of match that was like kind of chaotic, definitely played into that. Like, okay, not, not one of the best cards on the show, but, uh, I don't think it was necessarily a bad match either. I thought that for what it was, uh, it was fun. It was a fun match. And I think like, uh, the match that I thought was a little too schmozzy and I was messaging you about this was what we kind of just talked about. Well, the people we talked about when the young bucks and, uh, and, uh, Oh my God, Adam Cole going up against Jurassic express and Christian cage. Um, crowd was into that, but it was just a lot of, a lot of schmozzy stuff going on there too, where it was just like, all right, this is not what we've been getting this whole evening. And we got this one now. And, um, I, th- I think overall, like, I mean, the AW crowd or, you know, there's an audience for that, as we've noted. But, like, yeah, that one just wasn't – I wasn't digging as much, I think, you know, was the, the Young Bucks and the, uh, the, their uh, street fight that they had, their false count anywhere match that they had. So um, – Well, uh, you know, we touched on uh, – I don't know. I hope, uh, hopefully you're done with that uh, discussion. Do you have anything else that you wanted to talk about? With the America Top Team and stuff? Yeah. Um. I think it's a a positive step. I think this kind of validates too Dan Lambert in a lot of way and what he's been doing. Um, you know, he played he played the ass in this match and um was a okay with playing the ass. And yeah, I think this really speaks to the the ties that giving uh MMA guys somebody like a Junior Dos Santos or an Andre Orlovsky, like getting them in the mix is always a good thing and especially if they love doing it and Junior Dos Santos clearly loves doing it. It's it was great to see, and I think it was very refreshing. Like again, like may, maybe not you know the perfect ballet of pro wrestling that you know sometimes we get, but uh, it's it's another beautiful side of the the business that I think you know. Heck, even if the curtain wasn't supposed to be peeled back, it got peeled back a little bit. And uh, yeah, I just yeah having these guys in the mix is not a bad thing. Uh, people trashing a good heel heat seeker like Dan Lambert. Uh, it's contradictory to uh, what wrestling's all about. So uh, that's kind of my final take on it, I would think. Cool. Um, well, you know, we, we mentioned Baron Von Raschke uh, being out here for uh, for that match. Uh, Dominic, another star, uh, made an appearance. And now Dominic, he is all elite. We're talking about Jay Lethal is now yes. part of all elite wrestling. Uh, you know how I feel about Jay Lethal. I've liked him for years. I think he's a really strong talent, great performer. Um, he, you know, he's been on national television, uh, for many years out of his career, but I, I would say that this is probably the biggest stage that he has had in his career, um, thus far. So this is, it's really exciting to see him, uh, in a position like this. Dom, uh, what, what was your take as somebody who watched it live? So I thought it was, yeah, it was very unexpected. Um, cause they cut to t- like, Tony's not at the booth and they're like, Tony's got a special announcement or a special guest or something they said. And I'm like, oh, a special announcement it was. And I'm like, well, what's this going to be? I thought it was going to be a pay-per-view announcement or or an event. Like, I thought, oh, this is what I thought. Is they're going to announce the Owen Hart Memorial Cup tournament? I thought that's what it was going to be next. But no, uh, Tony's like, hey, we have a special guest here. And then he kind of basically said that this person's all elite. And 
and it was Jay Lethal. And um, yeah, Mark, we've uh, watched Jay Lethal. Oh, better part of, I mean, 10, 11 years at this point. He's been around for us. Like we've seen him. So um, yeah, obviously like very uh, like well-rounded, like capable of playing comedy or serious um, talent. And um, he's really uh, defined his ability to showcase himself as a, a high quality wrestler in ring of honor by doing pure wrestling and, um, you know, being their champion there and stuff like that. Um, yeah, I think, um, there's the social media scuttlebutt about like, uh, you know, uh, him like with the speaking out stuff and everything, but like, and like, <laughs> I went down a fucking rabbit hole last night, uh, until like three in the morning dealing with one of the people on Twitter. And uh, it was like, everybody's like, why didn't they? Cause Jay, Jay lethal was at the press conference. Like, and he was doing Q and a and stuff like that. And they're like, you got to ask him about this. You got to ask him about this. And like, you know, if you're not in those media scrums and you don't have the environment and there's, there's so many situations, it's just not the time and the place to ask that kind of question. And not only that, it's, um, there's not there's nothing like there's nothing tangible, tangible. Yeah. Right. tangible about that. yeah uh, it, like it's one thing if it's like there's something you can put to paper and be like okay you know but there's nothing and to to do that and to put that out there where you you don't know the entire story or everything it's not fair to to everybody in the room it's not fair to somebody who's like potentially living the greatest moment of his life at this moment in time too uh and like, you know it's the, the it's it's kind of uh it's a backwards take you know this guilty until proven innocent situation like uh you know it's i, I think that i think that everybody needs to to take a breath and uh and uh take a look at what evidence or uh lack thereof is is out there before you start making a judgment call you can't just hear something about somebody and say well that's true and i dislike this person now you know, it's, it's just not the well, way of the world. Social media just like it catches fire or get, gets the snowball effect where like everybody starts riding on it. And like you cannot if you're there, you cannot dictate what social media is feeling and like what they're conveying, because it's like and like we don't know. Nobody knows or whatever. I don't know the whole everything about all this stuff either. But to, to put that out to light and be like, hey, this is like. You're here. You're at the pay per view. You just this guy just got announced. It's one thing if there was super heavy stuff that was really like pertinent and big, but and like you know tangible. But there's not, and so it's not fair to do that to put everybody in the room and everything like that. It's like it's a gotcha kind of question, and just don't do that. That's it's not right at that moment. Right, right. Uh, it's you know put take a little human element here uh, and and think about. As you said, you know, it's potentially the biggest moment of somebody's career, maybe life, uh, and uh, just not the time or the place. The um, Nesh is excited. James is excited. Uh, I think that Jay Lethal's a. It's a. He's a strong. He's a strong get for yeah. Uh, AEW. Yeah, absolutely. I think he is too, and I think um, it's going to be interesting to see how they utilize him. Like, obviously, they're putting him right in the TNT Championship mix with the Open Challenge. So, what a great start. Uh, Sammy Guevara versus Jay Lethal. It's going to be good stuff. And um, no way know, Jay Lethal goes over there. Um, no, I don't. I, I don't think so either. But you know what? Um, there could. I could see something happening where somebody gets pissed off 
and uh, fucks Jay Lethal over or something to that, you know, happens. Or maybe, heck, he loses clean. It's not a big deal either, you know? Um, no. As, you know, the idea is that you want to establish the stars that you have, not not kind of cow down to these uh, these new stars that are that are coming in, you know? And they, they've done that with Bobby Fish. I think it's time for Bobby Fish to start getting some dubs, though. He's yes. just been losing nonstop. I think, um, I think to your point, Marcus, a face turn would help that immensely, too, like – because you, you, you almost hit the reset button. Okay, Bobby Fish has had these great matches with like a, a Brian Danielson, a fucking CM Punk, all this stuff. And then you transition. Hey, he's a baby face now. Boom, he's on a new role. And like, so yeah, I think that's a that's a good point too. Yeah, yeah. So uh, I don't see a problem with him with him losing, but you know, you want to position him for success down the road. You're not paying these people to you know big money to to bring them in and have them just lose all the time. You you wanna you wanna you know take advantage of of the star level talent that Jay Lethal and Bobby Fish are. Mm-hmm. And you know what? Um, it'll be interesting to see how uh, they position Jay or how Jay positions himself. Is he going to be like in this uh, role of like? Hey, this really rock solid veteran worker. How much comedy is he going to play into too? Because, like I told you, Mark, he came out to like a, a his almost his impact version of pomp and circumstance. So um, it could uh, be fun, could uh, be fun to to, to mix some of that stuff in. And you know what? Uh, I think it was, geez, maybe somebody in the chat can help me out here. It was either All In or it was uh, the ROH Madison Square Garden show with New Japan, where he came out as Black Machismo. I think it was all, all in. I think it was all in. He came out as Black Machismo. It got a huge ass pop. So it's like, yeah, I think uh, there's value there because it's something that people are very familiar with. Um, so yeah, it's silly not to take advantage. And how of many it. people in wrestling and fans of wrestling love Randy Savage? I mean, <laughs> right? It's like, yeah, and he's such a he's great at doing it. Um, he's cutted he cut some badass great promos, like memorable stuff. Um, so Not it, to mention, it, Dominic, if Ric Flair is going to be coming in, Ric Flair and Jay Lethal had one of the most memorable moments in wrestling history, incredibly, uh, in TNA. So it's, I mean, I'm, I'm seeing a pretty clear cut trajectory here. Mm-hmm. I agree. I agree. It's it's going to be fun, man. Uh, he's, I know he's like, was your, your guy, like Alex Shelley was my TNA guy. I think Jay Lethal was your TNA guy, right? Pretty much. Yeah. I, yeah. I, I've always been a big fan of Jay Lethal. I like Consequences Creed as well. Yes. Um, so yeah, it's, 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 it's a, it's a fun time to be a wrestling fan, Dom. And what makes it even more fun is uh, incredible matches and storylines like we got with CM Punk and Eddie Kingston. Dom, I'm guessing, I'm just going to go out on a limb and say this was your match of the night. I, it's, it's like I said, I had three favorite matches and yes, this was one of them. Um, my gosh, you want to talk about a different pace of a match? Marcus, it was so fucking cool. And the crowd, just what they added to the match was even, like, it just raised the stakes so much. The fans love Eddie Kingston, friend of the show. He's he's all over, man. And um, I uh, and Punk, like, it was cool because Punk was getting good, like, here and there. Like, he was beating knees to Kingston, like, laying it in on him. And the crowd was, like, for Eddie. And, like, Punk just played into it and, like, um, did – and he said this in the post-press conference scrum. And he's like, I, I'm pretty good at reading a room. And he's like, he's like, I only have one boss in the ring. He's like, and I – he's like, that's the audience. He's like, so what the audience does is how I, I react and how what I do in the ring. And he's like, and then I tell the story that way. And so um, there was a lot of opportunity for that. And, um, you know, how the bout started off, Mark, it's like – for the belly of the rings, Eddie gives him the patented spinning back fist. 
and like punk is down and the crowd's going fucking berserk and like the refs like checking on punk and like eddie's like laughing and like he's like i fucking got you like all this stuff so it's like this fight is a fight it's 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 like what they said is what we're getting and um dude it was like punk gets bloody it's like oh man it's a it was 11 minutes of greatness it was so fucking cool and um like if you have an opportunity to go and watch this match like you know how however form or fashion it's going to happen down the line you got to watch it because dude it was like definitely one of my favorite AEW matches of all time and that's saying something when it's just one of my three of the night so uh it really speaks to how great this pay-per-view was how great that match was man like eddie kingston versus cm punk delivered it delivered man Man, you can't get much better, right? You know, it's a great build, great story. Um, and and then, you know, the delivery in the ring. Uh, everything that I've been hearing about that match was that it told the best story of the night and uh, was, could, it could be considered the best worked match of the evening. So it's, it's cool to see something like that happen. I heard that at the end, there's like a handshake situation. That, and Eddie uh, didn't accept Right. So, uh, I don't know, man. Sounds sounds like a, a really fun storyline. You me. know what's cool? Okay, this is great. And this is what makes Eddie such a unique talent is um, he's, like, authentic. So, you know, um, there's so many times where you have a good friend or there's, there's somebody that you're like, oh, man, I love that guy. You know, he's such a real dude. And, like, this is who he is. But, like, say if you get somebody fired up like that, you get somebody angry, you have – like he's not able to handle this like situation well he goes back to that like because you want you almost i'm sure a lot of people wanted them to shake hands i wanted them to shake hands i talked about like hey i think they're going to be friends at some point maybe they still will be but eddie's just like oh eddie man you know like that was the chance but i get it i get like it's a it was a really well done ending too to all all. so and it furthers everything down the line i'm sure that's going to play into something down the line so uh, yeah, no man, question it, about it. It was fucking great. I love that match. I loved it. Um, let's see here. Oh, Nesha. Yeah, Punk won. Punk won. Uh, let's see. Okay, she's looking at the results now. So um, yeah, Steven, you missed. We talked. What all did we talk about? We talked about the main event. Talked about Hangman Page. We talked about uh, the Young Bucks uh, and that that situation going on. We talked about Miro and uh, and uh, Brian Danielson. We talked about. What was the other one we talked about, Marcus? Uh, um, street fight, the Minneapolis street fight, and then we also touched about Jungle Express and Christian Cage in that match as well. So, yes, tune in, go back, go back and listen if you want, if you do care. <laughs> also, I wear a cowboy hat at the beginning of the show. So, what a moment! What a moment that was. Uh, okay, Mark, what do we got next? All right, so next up, Dominic, uh, a, a feud that uh that has been well built well established and had uh, kind of a, sh- a shocking end uh let's hear your take on darby allen versus mjf okay this is match three of three of the night for me this was a great great match like mjf's best at least AEW match he's done so far and um really proves the point that he's an all-around great wrestler from every like you know, I think it's Anthony Bowens is the five-tool player because of his baseball ties. Well, MJF's legitimate, like, the, the five-tool player of wrestling because he's great on the mic. He's great in the ring. He's, you know, he get, gets the whole – he's great, great look. You know, all that stuff, it all plays into MJF, and he's capable of having any kind of match, too. 
And so um, Darby going resorting more toward the wrestling aspect was a really neat side of the story. But this overall fully encompassed a story like and like harken back. I don't know if we mentioned I, I think I talked about this to you on a previous episode, but MJF legitimately uh, before beat Darby Allen with the headlock takeover. Like he legit beat him in uh, Limitless Wrestling, I believe it was. Like got got him with. So there's a story to that. And what was cool? This match started off. MJF gave him headlock takeovers to start the match. Like he was just trying to be- beat him that way. And um, that was one of the things I was reading about. And some of the uh, positive response was for. Yeah, and so, and then that match carries on. Like Darby wrestles him. He wrestles him, and they can wrestle. Both of them can wrestle. And then Darby does do some of his hard-hitting, high-risk stuff that that uh, plays to sometimes his benefit. But a lot of the times in this match, it played to his detriment, where he, like, you know, did a coffin drop. He's going to give uh, MJF a coffin drop on the apron. MJF rolls out of the way. He hits the apron. So it's like, uh, like he did a lot of his uh, high-risk maneuvers, and they didn't pay off. And sometimes they did in this match. But then, like, everything comes full circle when um, Darby... Uh, when uh so mjf goats him he brings in the skateboard he slides it over to darby he's like hit me hit me and it's like it's like one of my favorite aspects of the dark knight is when uh the joker wants batman to break and wants him to hit him and like you know with the car wants him to kill him he's like do it i dare you and you know so mjf's employing him he wants darby to give into that evil and, and succumb to all that and darby's like no not doing it he gives it to the ref but mjf Slides on the diamond, dynamite diamond, slugs Darby, gives him a headlock takedown. One, two, three. What a awesome match! Uh, yeah, another. It's like if I'm hey Dom, hey Dom, yes. uh, take this. I've, I've got a, I got a quick phone call. I got no problem. Sorry, no problem. So MJF takes it and gets the one, two, three. Uh, yes, I, I think this, this is da- absolutely my top three matches and one of my favorite matches of AEW. So like uh, these match. This card had like three of my favorite matches already on this thing, so if I was to make like a, a collection, this would three of them would be on this card, and that's MJF versus Darby, uh, Eddie versus Punk, and then Danielson versus Miro. Those are three matches that I think have like one of the best matches that AEW's put on. Three of them. Um, oh, which who are you asking about here, there, Nesha? What I miss? He's coming to AEW. Who, do you mean? I'm not sure who you're saying. Are you? Do you mean? Um, you mean Jay? Because Jay's a he's officially all elite. He got signed. He's no longer with ROH. He's not even gonna be at Final Battle, actually. So if that's who you're talking about, uh Jay Lethal is he's signed. Um, let's see. Oh, Okada. Okada. Um you know that well they mentioned it. Um Ishii is tagging with uh Orange Cassidy. I'm I mean, I think it's a matter of time until Okada shows up in AEW. Uh yeah, I think it's a matter of time until Okada shows up. Um, but Ishii's gonna tag with Orange Cassidy. What a, what a tandem that is, huh? Uh, it's, that should be a good one. Uh, and that's happening on Dynamite. So that's something to really look forward to against the Butcher and Blade, nonetheless. Uh, so that'll be very, very cool. That'll be a really good match. Uh, those guys will complement one another well because you look at it and like, you know, you could pair uh, Orange with uh, the Blade, and then you could also pair the Butcher with Ishii. It's just hard hitting, hard slugging. gonna be a damn good match it's gonna be fun um so yeah that's going that's happening on dynamite there nesha 
So uh, should be good stuff. Uh, I'm trying to think. There was something I wanted to talk about that I know Marcus probably didn't have on his on his list here. Um, I'm trying to think. What was the other? They announced another couple of matches for Dynamite this week, but I can't I can't remember. I don't have them off the top of my head. Um, but let me say, I'll talk about commentary a little bit. Um, I think the commentary uh, last night was really good. You know, um, there's talks of JR potentially leaving for, you know, uh, an extended period of time due to his cancer treatment. I, I wish him all the best and prayers go out to him. Uh, you know, uh, you know, JR is a strong, uh, good individual that's uh, steadfast and uh, he, he remains like, you know, it keeps a positive outlook for anything that comes his way in a lot of ways. Um, and so uh, prayers go out to him. I hope everything goes okay. He did a very good job the, the tonight. So did Tony, or last night. So did Tony, and so did Excalibur. Everybody complimented one another well. Um, people try to give JR a hard time about stuff he says. I I like he's the check to a lot of balances. You know, I think you need that. You're not going to get that, you know, uh, maybe down the line as much, you know, with, with guys like that. So I respect JR, and I, I have a lot of admiration for what he does uh, for the business and what he's, he continues to do. Uh, you know, I think it's what he contributes is extremely valuable. Um, and so I'm a okay. Anytime he has, takes an exception with what a referee does or what, um, like uh, something happens in the oh, ring. That's questionable. Sorry, guess that's all right. Jay. Uh, I was just talking duty about calls. how duty calls, you know, ad free shows, the world of ad free shows never stops. <laughs> um, but no, I was just talking about commentary in general and Jr. and what he adds to to the overall product and like i said like prayers go out to him like he he might be leaving the booth for a, a period of time as he you know uh tackles his cancer treatment and everything like that so um, yeah you know it's um certainly bigger than than anything in the wrestling business is uh you know him protecting his health so uh so yeah it's he does add a lot of value um, but you know, hopefully the things that, uh, that a lot of these other guys have learned from Jr. and from Tony for that matter, you know, we're going to mm -hmm. position them well, uh, you know, as, as they, uh, take over his duties. Yes. Yeah. Um, you know, it's a, like, it's going to be a different dynamic on there. And, um, you know, I, I like, like I said, I, I really appreciate when Jr. you know, does, is the check to the balances, you know, I think it's a, a valuable addition that's unique and, um, important. And just overall keeping true to the business and how how it should be portrayed in a lot of ways too. Um, no Marcus, doubt about what, it. what do you want to go with next? Were you? Oh, you didn't get to talk. Uh, did you? What's your thoughts on Darby and MJF? I know obviously you didn't see the the match itself, but I like, dude. I said like if I was these those three matches: Miro versus uh, Danielson, Eddie versus uh, Punk, and then MJF versus Darby. If I was to make a collection of my favorite AEW matches, like these would all be in it. So. Um, no doubt. And I, you know, obviously I didn't see it, so I can't really weigh in on the specifics, but what I can say is that having uh, MJF go over in the match is the right move um, because you need to establish strong heels and not just from a personality standpoint, but from the point that like, Hey, like he's annoying and he's, he's a complete asshole and we don't like him, but he's good. And you can't deny that he's good. Um, and so that, that's, that creates and positions him to be like a, a main eventer eventually, eventually, you know, be in the world title picture. Uh, I can see a long extended feud between him and page and yeah. see it being a really good and entertaining thing. 
So, uh, so yeah, it's uh, having him go over is the right move. And I say, you just continue to build him, you know, clearly he's, he's being viewed and positioned as one of the top heels in the business. Um, so you gotta, you gotta make him look strong. Right. Right. And you know what? Uh, I think, you know, there's just the intrigue of who MJF can face next too, because like, not only do you have hangman, you got guys like Danielson, you have punk in the wings, like at some point, there's just a lot of interesting matchups you can pair him up with and, and get that going. So no question about it. Yeah, absolutely. So, all right, Mark, what do you want to hit with next here? Well, uh, Dom, uh, Britt Baker was in a match against uh, one of your favorites, yes. Hey Conti. Mm-hmm. So uh, uh, what did you think of that bout? So Nesha wants results, so I'll be sure to give results first. Ty Conte uh, lost, Britt Baker won. Uh, but it was after a lot of chicanery that went on but with the help of Rebel and uh, Jamie Hayter. Um, but this was great. Like, um, again, different paced match um, for these two. Uh, really good, great showcase of who Ty Conte is and what she's capable of. And they did not make her look. Like, she was the toughest opponent uh, challenger for the title that Britt Baker has had yet. And they really got that point across because she didn't lose, like, uh like via submission or anything like that she just like got pinned like and um you know it was kind of underhanded so um but like she's got a great look um she uh has a presence in the ring and then that judo background really adds to what you know making her stand out as an in-ring talent and um you know uh there's just so much you can cultivate with that and build upon as a star like, you know, so to get her into the mix in the title mix at an early stage like this is very positive. Uh, and um, there's you can come back to her at another time where it's going to be her time to be holding that belt. So um, she's, you know, we talk about the four pillars of, you know, AEW and they're all the men wrestlers, but the, she can very well be one of those pillars for the women's division. Um, Don, where are we in the uh, women's world title tournament? Oh, the TBS? Yes. So they're still we're still at the quarterfinals aspect of it. So um uh Jade Cargill is going to be facing Red Velvet. Uh Thunder Rosa I want to say is facing Jamie Hayter. And then Ruby Soho is going up against Chris Statlander. And then if somebody else can help me with the other one, I think Nyla Rose or no. Yeah, Nyla Rose is going up against somebody. Hmm. Nala Rose has an opponent that uh, I don't know who it is, but who wins true. that tournament, Dom? I'm saying Ruby Soho because, uh, like I said uh, a couple of weeks ago, I think Thunder Rosa is going to be in the world title picture or the the you know for Britt Baker's title. Um, so I'm saying Ruby Soho because um, I think uh, somebody's going to screw Thunder Rosa out of the tournament. I think something's going to happen. Because, like, I mean, dude, if you got to catch even the buy-in with the multi-women tag match that was going on, Thunder Rose was in that. She got a huge reaction. Like, Oh, she's a, she's a star. Friend of the show. Friend <laughs> of the show, Thunder Rosa. She's a star. Um, I think, I, I got to say, I think it's going to be Jade. I think Jade Cargill's going to win it all. And then Ruby Soho is going to be the, uh, the uh, baby face pursuer of the championship. Interesting. Interesting. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, Dominic, oh, sorry, go ahead. Uh, the only reason I, I might push back at that is we already have a heel champion with Brit. 
So, hey man, it's a it's it's uh it's a heel company. <laughs> you know, that's the oh. that's that's kind of been the formula a lot of the time is you've got a uh, pursuing baby face, right? Yeah, yeah. Uh, thank you, Stephen. So it's our uh, Nyla Rose versus Kira Shida. So I think they're gonna. I can see uh, Sheeta beating Rose. I think they still want to keep Sheeta really in the mix of, of a lot of things, even though she was like, I mean, she was established champion. So you want to, you want to keep her hot too. Um, so that'll be interesting. It's not either way. Like I can see you happening either way, honestly, but I, yeah, that's, that should be a good match too. Dom, uh, Steven mentioned earlier, and I, I think we should uh, touch on it just for a sec. I uh, don't know if it was mentioned or not. Uh, awesome wrestlers remembering Eddie Guerrero during the pay-per-view, especially Jericho doing the frog splash point to this guy and said, I miss you. I, I like that kind of thing in wrestling. Um, we got to see a kind of a little bit of it uh, as well back when, uh, you know, not necessarily like an homage, but kind of an homage more to uh, to the history of wrestling as well uh, to WCW when uh, Jericho took on Juventud Guerrero. Um, which was just really cool. You know, they kind of ran down their history together and stuff. Um, so I like that kind of thing. And I think that that kind of thing adds value because a lot of the fans that are watching are established long-term fans like yourself and I, and like, we know the battles that Jericho had with Eddie Guerrero and the incredible chemistry that those two had in the ring together. So it's just, it's really cool. Um, when, when stuff like that happens and it's like, I don't know, kind of puts like a neat little bow tie on, on wrestling. Right. And like this, the homages to Eddie and the hat tips to Eddie were all night. Like um, happened in the FTR, uh, the tag title match there with both FTR and uh, the Lucha Brothers. Uh, happened with Jericho. Punk did something too, um, and I'm sure I'm missing a couple even. I'm I'm gonna go out on a limb and say uh, that uh, Santana did the Three Amigos. Yes. So uh, um, Dax attempted to do it, and he like did the Eddie sachet thing. And then he attempted to do it, but then got blocked. And then they completed the, the cycle and then uh, hit the frog splash. I thought it was cool, yeah, that uh, to Steven's point that Jericho won with the frog splash as well um, against Lambert. I think that was a cool thing. You know, Eddie's such a, you know, such a star and well-remembered and uh, loved across the board in the business. So, like, it only makes sense that, you know, they paid uh, homage to him in, in that regard. And, like, Punk in the post-press conference, like, got a little emotional, like, talking about it, too, where, um, you know, he talked to – somebody asked him about, like, what what do you get to say to Vicky? And he's like, I just hugged her. Like, you know, and that's all – I didn't need – we didn't say a word. He's like, I just hugged her, and then that was – that was it, and he, he got choked up about it. So I believe so, Punk worked against Eddie back in did, 2001 in or 2002. Yeah, they were in a really triple cool. threat. Him, uh, Eddie, and uh, Rey Mysterio. I believe were all in that match. So how about that match? Yeah, how about that man? Wow, holy shit! Man. Um, so yeah, thank well, you any, for bringing that up. Yeah. In any case, uh, we can we can hammer on, and you brought it up. FTR uh, taking on the Lucha Bros, uh, kind of a cool uh, you know build to this, where it's like FTR kind of screws them out of their AAA Tag Team Championships. Now they want to come after the uh, AEW Championship belts. Um, so yeah, I mean this kind of thing is cool. Obviously, you don't want to take the belt off of uh, or the Lucha. belts off of the Lucha Bros too fast. So it makes sense. Uh, but you know, it's like. Uh, it, you establish FTR as uh, legitimate opponents, and and certainly they are. But you you've already established that they are by say, like having them beat them for belts. Yes. Mm -hmm. Um. Like, and I think so. Yeah, the Lucha Brothers won, and um, uh, it was 
so and there was a good out for FTR, like because uh, me and you talk about it. We don't like seeing FTR lose. Like, it's just no, like, there. I mean, I, from a from a skill standpoint, Mike standpoint, presence standpoint, I think that they kind of stand alone in tag team wrestling. Yeah, and I think, um, I think with all that, like you know, giving them an out is a, is a very good thing to do at this juncture. And it was like an underhanded out. Like they cheated, they tried to cheat to win, but it ended up backfiring on them. So it made a lot of sense. So um, the finish happened. Um, you know, uh, they they down the Lucha Brothers. Uh, Cash goes under the ring and pulls out the their Super Rana mask, their frog masks, and he puts it on. And so like Dax is down, so he's he's acting like he's Dax with the mask on, and um, he tries to get an underhanded pin on. I believe it was uh, Ray. He puts his feet on the ropes, but Rick Knox catches it. And so that stops him. But then it gets backfired and the Lucha Brothers double team cash and they pin him, get the one, two, three. They didn't pin the legal man though. Dax was the legal man. And so uh, there's, there's that out. And so it, I think it's uh, a good way to kind of, you know, have your cake and eat it too, you know, in regards to the booking perspective of things. Yeah, it could be a little story storyline build. You know, maybe this thing doesn't have to be over yet. Exactly. Um, you know, the thing that really stands out for me as far as uh, FTR is concerned is that you could take them and bring them back to 1988 and put them in the ring with, like, the Heart Foundation, and they'd have a great match. You could put yes. them in the ring with the Brain Busters. They'd have a great match. And then you can fast forward to now, put them in the ring with teams like the Young Bucks and the Lucha Bros, and they have a great match. So it's uh, – honestly, I'm, I'm trying to think of a tag team I've ever seen that's better, and I can't think of one. Yeah, no. Well, Marcus, your point here, you just said it. Uh, James says, I would like to see FTR face teams like the Briscoes and Gorillas of Destiny in the near future. Like, Forbidden Door is way open, especially ROH. You know, that door's off the hinges, unfortunately. Mm -hmm. and, um, you know, so, I mean, the Briscoes coming in is definitely a possibility. Uh, that would be great. <laughs> and same with yeah. GOD, too. Because uh, Imagine that match. It would yeah, be incredible. It would be very good stuff. I think there's plenty of opportunity for that. So, lots... Again, and maybe that kind of plays into the aspect of if the Young Bucks do happen to turn back, um, there's a lot of heel teams that you can get in the mix of that, too. Heck, we didn't even you, we think about it. Like, who's a great heel tag team is the Good Brothers. And, like, they're part of the clique. They're part of all yeah, that stuff. So it's Absolutely. Like, you know, if the, the the Bucks end up turning babyface in this, it's not, you know, it might not be the wrong thing. You know, so, mm, I don't like um, it. I like the seals. I, I get it. I like the seals too, and I kind I hope it doesn't happen. But I'm just saying from another aspect of it all. Um, so let's see here. What else you we got going here, Mark? What else you got? Uh, did we get all the matches yet? Or um, no, we didn't. We didn't. We got a uh, this yeah, one I, here. Go ahead, hit it. Uh, and this ties in to FTR, who they might be feuding with next. Pac and Cody Rhodes. Going up against Malachi Black and Andrade Elibio. So uh you know, as much as I as much as I like Pac um and and Cody Rhodes and the idea of having them together is interesting. Um I think that the real money match would be uh Dustin and Cody against FTR. Yeah, I agree with you. Yeah. Hundred I like I didn't even think about that, but that's a good point, you know. Um, yeah, and uh, you know, I, obviously, I, I was unable to watch, but from what I understand, things didn't go great between Cody and Pac. So correct. that doesn't seem like a long-term solution to me. So uh, Nesha, Cody, and Pac won. Um, geez, how did they win? I can't. Cody did something, I think. 
Cody yeah. did a thing. No, no, no. This is what happened. So Cody had um, Andrade in the figure four in the corner. I think this was it. No, was that it? Oh, I can't remember. Oh, dog. Uh, okay. Pac beat pinned Andrade with the black arrow. I know that. That happened. Um, but immediately uh, they get attacked after the match. FTR comes in to tax them. You know, there's been ties between FTR and Andrade, you know, Pinnacle paying them off, all that kind of thing. So they come and attack, you know, and so they set up an angle where it looks like that's going to be headed. Um, but yeah, this was a, so Cody getting booed, still continues to get booed. Cody, like, it's kind of interesting how Cody handles this all because he does heal his stuff in the match. Like he, he's the first one to blind tag himself in boldly like that. And not like that's going to get boos. So he knows what he's doing. You know, he's not, he, he's kind of, in a way, trolling the crowd. Like, hey, I do heal his shit, but I'm a baby face. You know what I mean? <laughs> right. And so, um, but that that got the ball rolling. Everybody blind tagged themselves in in this match on both sides of the of the ring. So um, that was a big story going on in the bout. And so, uh, again, uh, I wouldn't put it, maybe it, it's just below maybe the top five in the matches. I, maybe this is six on the card for me. I don't know. Uh, I would have to like kind of assess the card again and just look over at how I'd rank the matches. But like this told a story and told a different, had a different pace. I wouldn't than, hate a fatal four way with all these competitors. Yeah. I think dude, Marcus, one of our big things when we were kids would fire up uh, WCW and WR revenge and we'd have four way cruiserweight matches elimination, uh, big fan of that <laughs> so i'll tell you it's it could get it could get cutthroat it could get i was always like uh i think i was always like d malenko and somebody like that or psychosis i would play as um but you'd have this elimination get back and forth you just spin that analog stick backwards and get the kick out um yeah that was <laughs> you're not allowed to do that though it's no cheating. that was wrong <laughs> that was against the rules in our house you could yeah. not do that shit um but no it's I, i'm with you though that that would be you know these guys are just like friends by having similar enemies. That's, that's the only reason. So, uh, to, to, I like that idea. Um, I, I don't know. It's, you know, I've, I've said it many times. I think Cody's one of the most skilled wrestlers in the business right now. Um, so you can kind of put it, it's, it's fun. You know, I know that he bounces from opponent to opponent and, uh, the, the lack of long-term storytelling. I, I don't know that it's doing him any favors as far as how the fans feel about him, but, um, Cody can work with anybody. Um, which is what makes him entertaining. And the idea of him coming up against anybody, to me, I'm, I'm like, oh, yeah, that would be a great match. You know, you can you can just, like, name a person. I'm like, yeah, that would be a good match. Yeah. You know, because Cody, Cody is such a good worker. He's a great worker. And, you know, yeah. like, uh, he's he's a classic-style wrestler, too, that adds to the variety of what you're getting on AEW. So, um, you know, like, no, there's, some, there's a lot to be said about that. Uh, James says, I would love to see Bandito join AEW and get with Andrade Chiquilo. Yeah, that'd be great. Bandito's awesome. I don't know how much you know about Bandito, Marcus, but he's uh, he's very good in the ring. And so, uh, and obviously, him and Andrade have ties. I think from AAA and stuff like that. So, make a lot of sense. Um, another tag team to get in the mix. So, yeah, very good stuff. Um, let's see. I'm trying to think if there's anything impending that we really need to talk about. Not so much. I think um, they did have the press conference shows. I encourage a lot of everybody to kind of go and check those out. Those are always fascinating. I, I felt a lot of FOMO not being there this time around, but um, they're very good. 
and uh, you know, you get some extra added insight from uh, a lot of the top guys. I mean, Dante Martin got his chance to do this last night too, and that was really cool to see. Um, they're doing, they're putting a lot of fire behind Dante Martin, and um, you can tell, like not just from an in-ring perspective, but how he, you know, approachable he is, and um, like genuine he is uh, with in this press conference. I think um, really speaks to how far he's going to go in wrestling. So, and his, his intentions, he made it clear, like he wants to tag back with his brother again. So uh, Darius, I think just on the shelf with an injury. So uh, just a matter of time that happens. Cause like his, his primary goal was like, I want to be in the tag team mix with my brother, like tag team champs. So, you know, it's uh, and maybe I'm crazy, but when I look at Dante Martin and he's such a great worker, um, it's just in, incredible physical physicality that like you just don't see everywhere. Um, I, for whatever reason, I think it might be his baby face, um, his his real baby face where he's got a very Shoot young face. face. Yeah. Um, yeah. It's, I'm not saying he's a baby face. I'm saying he has a baby face. <laughs> um, I, I want to see him in a mask. Uh, well, Marcus. He was Airwolf. Like, that's who he used to be, was Airwolf. And he was, I think he was in MLW, uh, wrestling in Minnesota like that. So, like, and, like, I remember seeing him, like, I think he might have been on that Battle Riot 2 card that I was at in New York. And, like, dude, he's a talent, man. And he's super young. He is. He is. And I, I just want to see him, like, put him in a sweet-looking wolf mask. Put him, like, let him keep working as a singles. Let him get into the uh, AEW Cruiserweight title picture. Um, <laughs> yeah, get that in the mix. Yeah, no, it's I honestly I, I see tons of potential. I see like obviously he's not there yet, uh, but I see Rey Mysterio esque potential as far I mean, as like I, his his intangible physical abilities. My comp is Jeff Hardy. It's just like that's you know he's the new Jeff Hardy, and you yep. know there's just uh you know obviously they wrestle differently in certain regards, but I mean that's you know he's capable of doing all that stuff and like that guy can uh, he reminds me of ray in that ray was able to do things physically that nobody else could do mm-hmm. and i also see that with with dante just in a different way oh, that's a good point too no it's very true because like ray was like trailblazing with a lot of that stuff that you'd see and so and dante's doing the same thing so um yeah uh let's see steven says pay-per-view with a lot of super kicks middle finger gestures and a lot of bumps side of the ring yeah it's a great point there was a lot of that <laughs> middle fingers were galore going on there the hangman did it eddie did it punk did it um yeah it's it's not cool when everybody does it um <laughs> but that's 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 the problem you know so, so I, I think that's probably there was a i'm i'm i don't know this for sure i don't have any inside information but I would be willing to bet that there was an edict backstage in 1998. Uh, nobody but Stone Cold throws up a middle finger. Marcus, is this a tease? Is, is Stone Cold all elite? I think that that's what they're driving toward, Dominic. Stone Cold is going to come in, to, uh, do the job for Hangman Page. I see you um, looking at me with them beat little eyes, MJF. <laughs> Could you imagine that? Oh, man, Austin MJF. That would be something. Hey. But, but no, I, I don't see uh, Austin ever working a match again, unfortunately. Yeah. yeah. But uh, but no. Uh, so yeah, it's it's not cool or special if everybody does it. So I think they need to dial it back a little bit. Yeah, maybe a little bit. You know. I, and you and I have talked about the outside stuff. John Moxley did a lot of it. Um, but it's again, if it's happening constantly, it's not special. 
apron bumps. Now, like back in the day, if and if it was 2001 and somebody did like an apron power bomb, I'd be like, "What the fuck?" Yeah, you know, like, so, like that guy's out yeah. for weeks. <laughs> right, but now it's like I see it and I'm, I'm I just like go back to playing on my phone, you know. So <laughs> it's like, it's, oh, he'll be up in a few. <laughs> so, right. Oh yeah, he'll be fine. This match is we're right in the middle of this match, so it's nowhere near over. Yeah. So yeah. Uh, again, if everybody's doing this shit, it's not special. So it's I, I think that they do need to be more cognizant. You know, if I'm going to get, uh, there's very little to criticize about this this show or AEW as of right now. They're really on an upward trajectory. But if you really want to kind of uh, get granular, as Double J might say, uh, it's. it's <laughs> but if you know if you really want to want to take a close look at things uh that would be an area that i would be trying to improve upon if i was tony khan like okay guys one middle finger per show and i'm going to tell you who gets to do it one apron bump let's try to keep the action inside the ring as much as possible one one tope suicida hey jungle boy it's your week to say shit okay <laughs> yeah and you know excalibur is going to be like I, I only get to say tope suicida once a week damn it <laughs> that's not fair that's my starbucks <laughs> <laughs> steven asked any announcement when uh, starting the owen hart tournament so tony khan didn't give a date but he said it's very soon so uh yeah be on the lookout it's gonna be Dom, the, the final for the tournament i want cody rhodes and i want davy boy smith jr i have to think who i wanted that i want uh, definitely davy i think a davy would be an awesome or Davey versus uh, Pillman Jr. They did that in the Opera Cup 2019 in the MLW Opera Cup it was in. Could be interesting. Could be interesting. All right, Dom, let's wrap this thing up. I got shit to do. Yeah, so do I. Marcus, you got cowboy shit to do. Uh, cowboy shit. Your cowboy is going to be shit today. Uh, I really hope not, Dominic. Um, they're taking on the uh, Matt Ryan and the Falcons. You never know what you're getting there. Matty Ice, so. baby. Right. So yeah. I guess we'll see what happens. I put the money on the Jets to beat the Bills to upset the Bills. I don't know. I I hope that by money you mean like maybe a couple quarters. I think it was five bucks. <laughs> <Oof>. <laughs> Dom, just next time just give me the money. You know, at least you you know who it's going to. Oh man. Um, Marcus, you know what? You 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 got a little granular with some of your details here uh throughout the whole part of this uh episode. Talk about ad free shows, will you? Yeah, uh, I will. Sorry if uh, sorry if this is like you know a broken record at this point for some of you regulars in the chat. But look, you know it's uh, there's nothing regular about what's going on over at Ad Free Shows. Uh, I mean, honestly, though, the content that they provide. I just got noticed about another uh, awesome bonus episode that's coming up here soon. Um, so I mean, just just a constant rotation of new content uh content from podcasts that you love and are used to and uh special guests you know so it's uh, i think i mentioned last week we had you know jbl came on uh you know we've had thunder rosa come on uh renee paquette so and i mean that's just in the short period of time that i've been working for the company so it's there's there's just so much and uh and they they give so much to uh to wrestling fans it's like look if you're if you're a wrestling fan and you want to take your fandom to the next level it's ad free shows that's the level uh especially if you if you are able to join as a top guy not only do you get all this crazy amount of content you get exclusive access 
to all these talents. And I'm talking about Q and A's with Eric Bischoff, where you're in there talking with Eric. And then there's Top Guy Weekend, Dom, which you and I had the pleasure of being out in Chicago a couple months back. And uh, you spend the weekend with some of your favorite wrestling talents. You wanna you wanna talk to Arn in person, shake his hand, uh, ask him a question. You can. He's right there. He might give you a hug. I don't know. He's he, he's there. Just <laughs> so, find the Glock. Find the Glock. Right. Right. Yeah. D- don't pat him down. Uh, <laughs> he's holding that glizzy. But uh, I mean, you know, Sting was there. Dom uh, made a special appearance. It's it, you know, it's really incredible the amount of uh, effort and time and uh, the the cool things that you get to see when uh, when you uh, when you join the the party over at adfreeshows.com. So guys, check it out. Uh, starts at nine nine or nine dollars per month. That's thirty cents a day. So it's kind of silly not to do it. Take your take your wrestling fandom to the next level. Dominic, what's going on with you over there at WrestleZone? Well. I have a few interviews coming up. I don't spoil them typically until they actually happen, so I don't say what they are. But I have a couple uh, lined up. Maybe a really intriguing one. I Marcus, I didn't even tell Marcus about this one uh, yet, but uh, it's oh, out of the box one. Like, like if you see behind me there, I can't even point right. But Henry Winkler, uh, this it's akin to that. So uh, we'll see what happens. Uh, be on the lookout for that. But what you can do, uh, obviously, I write for WrestleZone.com. But I also write for Major League Wrestling, and uh, I have a new show, the MLW Fusion Fight Report. So if you want to get in the mix of what's going on with Major League Wrestling, get a new product in that's tight and that's only an hour a week. That's like very uh, keeps everything together and continuity wise, everything like that builds new builds new stars, has established stars, uh, curses like a motherfucker, all that stuff. It's a lot of fun stuff on there. So. Uh, just tune into that every week. Uh, I gotta, we, Marcus. We gotta make a note to say, hey, like, subscribe to to this on the our YouTube channel on the WrestleZone YouTube channel. Um, subscribe to our podcast feed. We have it on WrestleZone, but we also have a separate two Dynamite Dudes podcast feed too that you can just subscribe and get those episodes week in and week out. So uh, do that. If you want to review us on iTunes, that'd be great too. I just, uh, I guess that helps and whatever. You know, I don't want to implore anybody, but hey, that'd be great you did that stuff um otherwise uh yeah we have uh we got, we got some good stuff cooking over at wrestle zone uh obviously colin tessier and uh, bill pritchard do a great job over there uh with um you know keeping this ship tight and um you know they get play interviews too where uh oh geez who did uh colin oh caprice coleman he just has an interview with caprice coleman so they talk about roh and what's going on there and a lot of different stuff there so check that out um as far as that uh, I think that should, oh, you notice I'm wearing, uh, I'm going uh, Cheech and Chong over here with the freaking mustache. Uh, there's a reason for that. I, I usually don't have a mustache, but I, I'm doing the Movember thing. So um, if you like, go to my Twitter and I have a Movember thing that you can donate to uh, if you want to help uh, promote uh, awareness of prostate cancer as well as mental health for men stuff like that so i'll put the link at, i'll pin the link at the top of my uh, twitter so follow me on twitter at dominic d'angelo uh Dom, you, my... you got a good mustache face there you uh, like it you really think so i thought you're gonna rip the fuck out of me <laughs> being on here today wow. it's working it's working all right hey i dig it <laughs> uh, you can follow me at twitter at marcus p d'angelo as you see there below my my image uh so you, you can follow me there um follow wrestlezone at wrestlezone.com follow ad free shows at ad free shows and uh what else dom oh follow this podcast at two the number two dynamite dudes 
Um, so Dom, that's that's gonna do it. What a great show! Awesome pay per view, Marcus. Uh, no, you didn't watch the show. Um, who's your MVP for the week? Uh, based on everything that I am hearing about this, Dominic, um, I, I think the only way to go is Hangman Page. It, it's as I said at the top of the program. It's it's like a mulligan on Starcade 1997, where uh, you know it's it kind of very similar vibe, and uh, and now it's been properly executed. Yeah, no, I I'm with you, Hangman Page, man. I mean, uh, and and James is here mentioning Magnum TA. Uh, that's who Hangman reminds me of. He's like if if uh, if Barry Windham and Hangman T or rather Hangman TA um, and Magnum TA had a baby. It's Hangman Page. Um, so it's it's pretty cool to see him in that position. And yeah, it feels like we're getting a few mulligans, right? It's a Sting '97 Starcade. It's what what could Magnum TA have been in pro wrestling? Uh, so it's just it's a really cool cool thing that's going on in AEW. Uh, pro wrestling is great right now, and I had that uh, kind of, I really had that vibe. Last year. So that says a lot. Oh man, what a run in! <laughs> right at the end. Right the at the end. I'm not even gonna shut it down. Let's not sign shut off. It down. <laughs> All right, guys. All right, we'll see you next time right here on Two Dynamite Dudes with Attitude. See you guys. Yeah, cowboy.